Hey, this is Ian Stokes, and you're watching the TV Writer Podcast. We have main engine start. Booster ignition and liftoff. Countdown to launch. Ball TV 2010 on the TV Writer Podcast, partner of Script Magazine. Hosted by Gray Jones, the TV Writer Podcast is brought to you by Script Magazine and ScriptMag.com, the leading source for script writing information in print and on the web. And by Final Draft Script Writing Software, the entertainment industry standard for script writing worldwide. I want to welcome you to the TV Writer Podcast, partner of Script Magazine, Episode 3, for Thursday, September 2nd, 2010. This is part two of our crossover series between sci-fi shows Warehouse 13 and Eureka. Last week, I talked to Warehouse 13 showrunner and executive producer Jack Kenny, and I also told you about, a bit about this show that is breaking records for Sci-Fi Network. This week, we're talking to Ian Stokes, who wrote the crossover episode. Stick around after the interview for a preview of what's to come in the next few weeks. Right now, we're going to move on to writer Ian Stokes. Enjoy. This is great, and I'm here with writer Ian Stokes from Warehouse 13. How are you doing, Ian? I'm good, man. And uh, so you um, are just finished, I, I guess. You, you guys finished a little while ago. Uh, yeah, we were done at the end of July, and now we got a couple episodes in post, but I, I think we're just about done, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just a few more left to air. So um, uh, what are you up to during the break? Uh, I'm catching up with my PlayStation. It's, it's been neglected while I was working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then trying to, uh, I might read a book thinking about it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> but, uh, you know, mostly we're just kind of, it's, it's been a long season and, uh, I just got back from the East Coast visiting family and, uh, you know, you work on your own things or you just, uh, before you know it, you were back to school in the fall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, um, I, I spoke with Jack Kenny and he gave me, um, a lot of his side of things and we, we are going to be talking a little later about the crossover episode because that's of particular interest to us but um i just want to get to know you a little bit what how did you get started where did you grow up go to school when do you when did you first think you were going to be a writer um tell me a bit about yourself uh well i uh, i grew up in south jersey right outside philadelphia mm-hmm. and uh, i always had an interest in television I, I didn't know exactly what i wanted to do in it i went to uh, nyu for a couple of years studying film and tv um but mostly film because those tv classes you can't really can't really get into those. <laughs> so they only have like one or two. Yeah. So when I came out here, I, I you know I moved out to LA as soon as I was done because I couldn't afford to live in, in New York City anymore. And uh, my first got, uh, gig out here was I was a, a PA for Robert Zemeckis. Oh wow. Yeah, and that was like my first industry job. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but basically that job was just me driving around in a uh, my beat up car, mm-hmm. <laughs> picking things up for him, running up and down the uh, Southern yeah. California. But it was a good experience, and then I did that for a year. Uh, still didn't really know what I was going to do, and, and my friend passed along a, a job posting at, at the Sci-Fi Channel. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Ooh, the Sci-Fi Channel!" I just started watching Battlestar, and I've always had a, I've always been interested in the genre, so I went in for that interview, and I ended up getting that job. I was an assistant to two uh, senior vice presidents, which basically means you just kind of answer the phone, set up the meetings, and and but there's also a ton of material because it's all all their scripted development goes through mm-hmm. them. Yeah. So I, my job was I would just sit there and I would read everything that came across my desk. One of the things was Warehouse 13. We were just getting started as a pilot. And I remember thinking, like, I, I really like the show. And 
I think when it gets picked up, I want to try to, I could write it. I could write this show with mm. my thoughts. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I pulled every, you know, string I had to try to get in there as a, a writer's assistant. And, uh, I, I got that, that gig, um, cause Jack came on after the pilot. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have a relationship with Jack until after he got hired, but met with him and, and, you know, then I was in the room first season and, and Jack was cool enough to let me and, um, the script coordinator, uh, pitch and write an episode. Great. Uh, breakdown last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we're both staff writers. And who was that other assistant? M- uh, Michael Fox. Michael Fox, okay. Yeah, he's writing, um, I guess, next week's episode, Vendetta. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrote it. You also, I guess, were very familiar with Eureka. You were reading for them. Yeah, that was um, one of the shows my, my boss, Tony Optican, uh, covered Eureka. Mm-hmm. And I was there from maybe the middle of season two to, I guess, the middle of season three. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I didn't even know, I didn't know you had to write an outline for a television episode before. Okay. <laughs> so, like, you know, we would get outlines, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like, this is like, I mean, and, and there's a lot of similarities in our show, at least certainly in, like, tone and the kind of audience that we want to get. Mm-hmm. And certainly in the fact that, like, you know, the humor is important and the characters are important. And, uh, you know, compared to, like, reading the outlines for, like, a Battlestar episode, there was a certain way of, of a style that they had and, like, you know, you when you write out the outline, it's, it should be funny. You want to put bits of choice, you know, dialogue in there. And just the way you tell these stories was, is, was very similar. And so I think I actually learned a lot about writing television from Eureka. Yeah. Or at least this kind of show. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's great that the tone is very, very similar between the two shows. Yeah. I think, I think that's why, I mean, the crossover, I, mean, I don't even want to get it now, but when it came up, it was just like, it, it didn't, it didn't seem so cr- like it was going to be a, a challenge. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's go a little more slowly and, and talk about kind of your first experiences. Um, it's, it's actually great that you have sort of the, the beginning side of it. Jack, uh, of course, he's been in the business for a long, long time, and you can tell a little bit more Not about Not that long. Don't make him feel old. <laughs> no, but, uh, but uh, you've got the experience of, of entering basically something totally new. And so when, when you first read the pilot, um, you, were you actually involved at that point or you came on after the pilot? Uh, I was working for Eric Story, who's still the um, executive in charge of uh, covering a um, warehouse over there, mm-hmm. was, um, was running that show. Um, actually, it was at, at Nora O'Brien's desk briefly and then went over to Eric when she left for NBC. And... Um, you know, it was just like, oh, there were a lot of versions of that script. I mean, you can look online. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jane Espenson was involved and Rockney O'Bannon and then David Simpkins came on. Um, so I know so many different versions of Warehouse 13 that could have been. Oh, wow. I, I think, I think we wound up with the best possible. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of it always stayed the same. It was always about the relationship between Pete and Micah and Artie. Yeah. Without naming necessarily names, what were some of the other things that, that might have been? Jane's draft, it was way quirky. It was more along the lines of something like, I don't know, like Dead Like Me or, or mm-hmm. just about, it was like more like an office sitcom set in the warehouse. Oh, okay. in some ways. I, mean, I don't know if it's ever online anywhere or whatever, but I think that she was the first draft I read. I don't know if there was a, a Debrent Moat draft, but I never read it, but it was still, I mean, it was still basically the same thing. Pete and Micah mm-hmm. are secret service agents. They, they have a screw up one night and they're called, you know, to South Dakota and Artie's running this warehouse and, mm-hmm. From that point on, it just it went through a lot of evolution because I think sci-fi, they were, you know, on the cusp of the rebranding and they really wanted a, a broad show. Mm-hmm. So then after that, um, you're there from the very next episode after the pilot and, and your job at that point was... Oh, I'm a writer's assistant, which is uh, you sit in this big room with all the other writers and you just try to write down everything anyone says. As fast as possible. 
Yeah. I wasn't very good at it. Uh-huh. I mean, I had no experience. And it was kind of like, everyone's talking at once. What's going on? Yeah. Well, it, se- it seems like from what Jack was saying, this 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 particular show especially, there's a lot of just throwing ideas around and experimenting with, well, could it be th- uh, this person or that person, this person? And... Yeah. I mean, you know, there are pages and, again, like we, we there's probably maybe seven to ten pages of notes a day, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of it's just things that never went anywhere that we talked about for 15 minutes, our story idea, or like one pause, and it just, you know, then it just dies, and, and you look at it like months later on the pit, like, oh, yeah, then we talked about that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you just you just kind of stay focused, and thankfully everyone was cool with, uh, occasionally I was able to, to pitch an idea or talk, and having come from knowing everyone up at Sci-Fi mm-hmm. um, definitely helped when it came to, like, our, our meetings and who everyone was over there. And Michael was also an assistant, uh, basically doing the same thing? Or how uh, um, Michael was a script coordinator. Oh, script coordinator. Which uh, is, a, is a good job to figure out how to do for all you aspiring writers out there. Mm-hmm. Because they're always looking for script coordinators. It's, it's a tough gig. I mean, you it, it's every page, every draft that comes out. It's, it's every making sure that everyone's counting on you to get the script done. Mm-hmm. Um, there's formatting, and, and it's just knowing everything about Final Draft, and I barely know anything about Final Draft. Mm. <laughs> it confuses the hell out of me. Yeah, but uh, he's he's been a pro. He's been doing it for. He worked with Jack on uh, in case of emergency, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but he's he's been doing it for a long time. You know, he he brought in another uh, woman who girl was our uh, writer assistant this year. Mm-hmm. She's also uh, a script coordinator. They she's they've both worked on like you know ten years of awesome shows. Yeah. So if you're ever looking for your foot in the door, and and writer's assistant is. I think it's a tougher gig to get, but people are always looking for script coordinators. Well, good to know. Good to know. Yeah. And so, and so, you got to pitch an idea for a script. How did that come about? Um, I guess we just kind of had a, a hole in the slot for an episode idea, and um, one of the things we'd been talking about was it was the episode breakdown, which was episode eleven. We kind of just wanted to do like a warehouse bump episode, mm-hmm. and um, the idea was going to be that Artie was going to go off and meet with these the leaders of the regents, the, the head of the warehouse, and mm-hmm. try, start trying to build some of that mythology, which Jack was really integral part of because it was going to be such a big part of the show, I think we all knew. Mm-hmm. And then and then the warehouse aspect was, you know, we're like, Claudia's going to knock something over, and then we're just going to run around the warehouse for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of our episodes, uh, the most successful stuff is we were, we were getting cuts back was the stuff actually set in the warehouse. Uh-huh. And we'd spent a lot of time on the road. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's only so many ways we can disguise Toronto as something. Although mm-hmm. we got a lot better at it this year. Yeah. So Mike Fox and I wrote we wrote that episode very quickly, like almost like a week. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of, you know, we each decided to take an act and we came up with kind of, that episode was very, um, there were chapters of that one. Because it started out like, they're stuck in one situation, there's dodgeballs chasing them. <laughs> and then... And they're stuck in a house they can't get out of. And yeah. so we kind of broke it up that way so we could write different parts of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, it was a great episode. Lots of fun. Yeah, it all, it all kind of worked because I think we hadn't done something like that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing all the, the weird parts of the warehouse, it had been a while. So yeah, it all worked out pretty well. And um, and then after that, yeah, Jack let us stick around. Very, very cool. And, and uh, so you wrote a couple this year? No, I just wrote um, the crossover. Oh, just wrote the crossover. Okay. Yeah. But we all, you know, it's, it's it's a big group thing. We all sit in the room every day, and you help break every episode. So it's not like once you're done episode five, you go home for ten months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I guess we'll move on to the uh, the crossover then. So, um, 
it was of particular interest to me because I had never heard of Warehouse 13, despite uh, Jack uh, ribbed me a little bit because my, my wife was a background actor in one of the episodes. Oh, really? Which one? Uh, you know, I don't even know which, which episode. Yeah, you're, you're in Toronto, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of... A lot of um... Our NBC cable shows are shooting up there these days. Got, mm. There's two pilots, two new pilots are shooting up there too. Oh, great! And uh, Covert Affairs is there too now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my wife was on that too. Yeah, it's really crowded up there now. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed um, the, the University of Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this courtyard where I was on set for uh, for the team, which was this was two weeks ago. Yeah, and some of it was shot there. And I've seen that courtyard on like four series this summer. Oh yeah, well, and you see it in every movie too. It's in the Covert Affairs pilot. It was, I think, Unnatural History. I saw it on that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure if it's a college or just a movie set, but yeah, yeah. Well, and, and Toronto is known for uh, for features that are shot here. You'll see that university. Oh yeah, Scott Pilgrim. I just saw that too. I, I love the fact that Scott Pilgrim at least said it was set in Toronto. I know. I was. That was. was I, I didn't realize that until I went in there. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. I'm like, oh, you're not faking it. Nice. <laughs> Take a New Yorker. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. So, so um, how did the initial conversations come about with with you that um, that you were going to work on this crossover? I, I mean, I imagine everybody knew that you were so involved with Eureka. So, did that play a bit into uh, why you were chosen? You know, another big part of it was last year when we were just starting. I was always the guy in the room going, "Eureka did it," mm-hmm. or "Eureka's doing that." Because I had known I knew what their upcoming episodes were. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I think when uh, I mean the way I remember it is like the first week we had a meeting with. Uh, Chris Augustin and Tom Lieber, our studio guys, mm-hmm. and they came in and said, Sci-Fi wants to do a crossover. And then Jack just kind of said, uh, Ian, you want to do it? And I didn't want to say no. I mean, <laughs> I mean like, I, I figured, and I mean, you know, if anyone else had done it, it would have bothered me, actually. Yeah. So I was, I was pretty excited. And then um, we didn't really know. I think a lot of the fans were kind of thinking, oh, we're going to do like a big Jetson meets Flintstones kind of deal. But mm. the reality of it is, is that they shoot in, in Vancouver, we shoot in Toronto, which is basically New York to LA. Yeah. And we're shooting at the same time. We got to have episodes on this summer. So really, you know, all we could do was, was then bring Fargo. Yeah. You know, they, they lost Fargo for a week and Allison actually did lost her vacation going over there to shoot uh-huh. Eureka. But I, I, we realized that really early on and me and Jack had lunch with them, Jamie and, and, and Bruce, uh, Jamie Polly and Bruce Miller, mm-hmm. uh, on the line. Oh, and Paul Hughes, of course. Yeah. And we all just kind of sat down and sort of, talked about you know what was going on with our shows this year and clearly they had the they had this gigantic event going on in their show this year uh with time the time change or whatever mm-hmm. i mean i already thought like oh i know fargo i know that it'll be fun and then when jamie kind of dropped that bomb at lunch i was like oh wait so do i know anybody on this show anymore <laughs> but also like when he explained it i was kind of like oh i get this right like it was just you know your sci-fi brain is like wired like oh i understand this totally it's an alternate yeah. reality and, and they they remembered it. it's just like back to the future too when marty mcfly woke up and biff had run the t- taken over the town yeah and married his mom yeah totally made sense to me <laughs> what well, you know I, I thought it actually worked really really well on, on both sides it, like it, it played as if they had all been part of one big happy show yeah and and um but so i was like yeah but fargo is still fargo and they're like yeah great so, you know, we we're just like, well, Fargo's going to come to the warehouse and get in some wacky adventure, and then you guys will have Allison the next week, and that's pretty much how, we'll, you know, how we're going to do it. We just kind of mm-hmm. broke the individual stories, and then uh, it, was, it was the sci-fi had already decided, like, you're going, warehouse is going first, and then, and then we're going to do Eureka, so it's a Tuesday to Friday crossover. Mm-hmm. So we had kind of broken the story before. I think we sent them the outline, and then they came back with their, their take on it. And it wasn't, 
I mean, it, there wasn't anything that it was. It was really a painless process. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they had a couple of notes on. Um, I didn't have all the details. I hadn't actually read any of the scripts mm-hmm. for the new season of Jury. I just, I was like, I just heard about. It. I'm like, all right, so Fargo's running GD. That's fine. But, he's, <laughs> but he, but he knows he's still the old Fargo. And, yeah. And then there were a couple of details I got wrong that they gave me the info, and then the same sort of deal with them too, mm-hmm. uh, with Allison because they didn't have all the scripts for season two because actually we hadn't written them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And and so did you work a li- uh, directly with Paula Yu? Uh, through this process? No, not really. I just had that lunch with Paula, and then mm-hmm. I haven't really. I, I saw. Her, I haven't really. Getting, didn't really talk to her. No Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's she's a cool girl. Did you talk to her already? Well, we do. We just uh, correspond by email. Oh, she's smart. She went to Yale. Yeah, she's yeah. a classically trained violinist too. Oh yeah, she's super talented <laughs> and like writes books and all all sorts of stuff. I know. Yeah, intimidating. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, you know, we all kind of everyone. Any story we come in with, especially this season, when you sit down in the room and you're like, all right, guys, I want to do a story about an evil computer. Mm-hmm. And and you've got 10 salivating geeks in the room. We're all got a million <laughs> ideas on what we should do. Yeah. And it's the same with like any time, you know, we're like, let's do a superhero episode. We've all got a million ideas about what should happen. Mm-hmm. And so it's 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 always like, and then adding Fargo into the mix was a lot of fun, too. I mean, everyone everyone who watched, here watches Eureka. Yeah. And so we were all kind of familiar with the character, and you know, it was like the whole. We were excited about the whole, you know, Allison or, or Claudia and Fargo love thing going on. Mm-hmm. And and so in terms of your process, um, you you were launched pretty quickly into something that takes a lot of people a lot more time than that. So uh, how how did you get up to speed with writing? Was it just sink or swim in the room? And and uh, I mean, you'd been reading scripts for a couple of years, but. Well, it's like it's like being a con artist, mm-hmm. you know. You just you can never admit that you're not a writer. Mm-hmm. You just keep faking it until eventually you're doing it. Uh-huh. No, I don't know. <laughs> but it was. Uh, I mean, it's it's tough. And Jack's, you know, Jack's always really supportive, obviously. But um, one thing about our show that's nice is that it's really more about the characters than the story in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And and that's the most important thing is to is to just make sure you have the voice of the characters. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, with, with the story, you've, you've got a whole room and we all kind of work out the beats and, and the fun stuff we think that should happen. And then and then when you get down and, and you're in your office and you have two weeks to write the script, and you realize, oh, God, I really have nothing. <laughs> That's when you kind of start scrambling and staring at the walls of your office and saying, what if a whole bunch of eye poles popped out from the floor? <laughs> And you're like, oh, that'd be fun. Let's try that. And it worked. And, uh, you know, well, one nice thing is we actually had a lot of time and... I probably wrote like four or five drafts of this, and like the eye pole thing wasn't even in the first draft. Mm-hmm. I remember that, and then and then you know you come back with the first draft, and they're like, oh, we want to change this; it needs to be a little more exciting. And and then you're just sitting there, and you're like, I, I wish there was something more happened here. And then you just come up with, I came up with the eye poles, and I called Nell and Jack, and they were all both into it. And then that then the next draft didn't have the the second draft didn't have the lightsaber scene, mm-hmm. and then they were like, oh, this ending needs something more. Yeah. And I'm like scrambling for something. And then Nels Govell actually said, what if they find a lightsaber? And I, I still don't know <laughs> if he was kidding or not. Uh huh. But then I, I remember being like, that's not real helpful, Nell. And then walking away and then being like, wait a minute. They had that, that laser gun and that ring. And, and you just, you just, sometimes you just get lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that, I love, I love those little throwbacks to, uh, uh, other shows. Yeah. And you can always sort of find, um, you know, our characters are so, it's real easy to get, to hear their, to feel their voices, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
And so they're they're all really fun to write for. And the actors always give you like 150%. percent mm-hmm. um, So we're all really excited about that. Uh, now, speaking of the actors, is is there much collaboration with them giving ideas on their characters or um, or storylines? I mean, I know they shoot in Toronto and you're writing in L.A., so you can't physically be in the same room as much. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, certainly, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of improv on the set. Mm-hmm. I mean, I this is my first year going up there, and just being up there with with Jack and Jack's like Jack, Jack loves trying things on the set, different jokes, and it it generally all works. I mean, he's you know he was he's, he's an actor first, mm-hmm. and so he uh, he really gets that, and you know Saul's really passionate about his character, and he's very opinionated, but he's also, he, he gives you a lot. I mean, I remember in my script, I, I wasn't sure how much to play the relationship between Artie and, and uh, the Rene Albergenois character. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that just came from Saul. He was, he, I remember talking to him about how excited he was. He was, he wanted Artie to be about seeing an old friend and trying mm-hmm. to save that guy. Yeah. And it, it, you know, really paid off. And then for Allison and, and Neil, I actually had, I forgot I had dinner with them. Like, uh, Back when we were breaking the story, because I guess they were both in town, mm-hmm. and I had heard they were friends, yeah. but I hadn't seen them together. And then we had dinner, and I, you know, talking to both of them, and I'm like, "Oh, they can do this. Like, they really are that that chummy in person." Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, "This is going to be easy." Very, very cool. Yeah. And so, looking forward to the break here. You're going to be playing lots of video games, and uh, and then I guess November second, you guys start up again. <laughs> is that what Jack said? Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, it's not official yet. <laughs> November second. Now I got to book my vacation. Yeah. Well, it's not official yet, but uh, I think uh, that's what's penciled in, and, and I'm sure Sci-Fi is gonna renew you guys. Good to be. It'll be good to be back. And um, you know, this year uh, we have the, the the finale. I just watched a cut of, and mm-hmm. uh, it's amazing. It's yeah. Really uh, powerful stuff toward the end. And that's September 21st, I think. Uh, yeah, four weeks from Tuesday, and then. Uh, you talked to Jack. Jack just directed the first episode of the Christmas episode. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very, very so, cool. That's going to be exciting. Yeah. So, um, speaking to uh, new writers, um, people who want to break in, what mm-hmm. you're, you had a little bit of advice about uh, uh, how a script coordinator uh, might be an easier position than a, a writer's assistant, which is typically the, the one that everybody thinks of applying for. But what, what are some other tips that you could give to somebody else who wants to break in? I mean, I've been, I actually ended up talking this summer to a lot of, a uh, couple of interns wanted to talk to me at Sci-Fi. And I mean, my advice to, to everyone is, especially if, you know, you're, you just, well, first of all, you got to be in LA. Mm-hmm. I guess my advice only applies to that. But, um, when you get out here, just get a job doing anything, uh, in the business. I mean, I started out, you know, picking up Robert Zemeckis' laundry <laughs> like four years ago. I mean, yeah. that's what I was doing. And, and, it helps because, you know, I made contacts and I got to know the town and I got to know people. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then, then the job at Sci-Fi came along. And it's, it's really like, um, it doesn't, if you come out here just, just wanting to, to write and I, I don't know if it's the same for features, but certainly for, for television, television's a, a big collaborative medium. Mm-hmm. And it's really about talking to people and getting to know people and sitting in a room with them all day. So it's, it's it all the, you know, it's, office relationships really aren't that much different than any other office. But the more you know about what's going on in the, in, in the industry and how television works, like that's one of the things I was able to learn for a year. Like what goes on at a, at a TV network? How do they decide what to pick up and what they like and how the notes process works? You, you can learn anything anywhere. Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, and it's, and 
if you're just getting out here, you might not be able to, to get a job as a writer's assistant right away. But you should take that job as a, you know, a PA at a production company. Just get to know people. Yeah. Other than that, you know, I mean, keep plugging away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always helps to be writing. Yeah. And also another advantage of, you know, getting a job in any industry or any part of the industry is you get access to, to scripts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can look online and you can find a script for Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is great. But to be honest, like a script that sold yesterday might be more useful to you. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm not saying it's better. I'm just saying, you know, we're, you're in this thing to try to make a movie. Yeah. And that means you have to get someone to read it and, mm-hmm. and sell it. That was That's one of the things that I, I found at NYU very frustrating mm-hmm. was that you're giving me the script of the great McGinty, which is like, you know, from like the 30s. Yeah. And and that doesn't help me as much as, you know, getting the script to Transformers 2, which someone just sold for a million dollars. I want to know how to do that. Yeah. And and I, I, I mean, granted, the story structure and everything is, is always crucial, but there's there's styles of writing and there's a reason people are reading and buying these specs. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, the better access you can get to those sort of things, the better. Yeah. And so, uh, obviously, we hope that Warehouse 13 continues for several more seasons. But um, well, you on... said I'm back to work on November 2nd, so <laughs> I gotta I gotta plan my vacation now. Yeah. Well, uh, this this is actually going to be released next week, so hopefully uh, by that time there'll be an announcement. We'll see. But um, yeah. But what are you? What are your long term plans after Warehouse 13? I mean, you, you're talking about features. Or it, is it your hope to write a feature? Or do you want to keep in TV? Or what's what's your thinking? Well, I was thinking maybe like a park ranger. <laughs> I think like, you know, I did the TV thing. I could still finish Warehouse 13 and, you know, be in my mid 30s. So, I, you know, I'd get a gun, hang out in the woods all day. Mm. We'll see. I, you know, I really like, I'm, I'm loving TV. Like it, it, TV writing is, it's the greatest job, man. Mm. <laughs> like I, we just sit around and come up with fun sci-fi stories all day. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I definitely want to keep, uh, sticking around and, Hopefully we've got we got to make a hundred of these bad boys, and yeah. I'd like to stick around for some of that. <laughs> yeah, you know we got. I mean, one thing is, you know, we have a really great team here, and mm-hmm. uh, it sounds like you want to try to set up interviews with some of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everyone's really just we have a great time making this show, and, and Jack Kenny's just an amazing showrunner, and he's really been great to me in terms mm-hmm. of like, uh, you know, he's my mentor, man. Like I, I pretty much learned everything from him. He's been very patient with me and showing me around set when I got up there. And, um, you know, it's been, uh, it's been really a great experience. Yeah. Well, Hey, next time you're in Toronto, uh, you know, somebody here. Yeah, man. And <laughs> I'm already craving poutine. I went through like poutine withdrawal. Oh yeah. Left. Yeah. Very cool. And Tanzerati's. Mm-hmm. You know, the Tanzerati was invented in South Jersey. Oh, really? Near my hometown. Really? Yes. And somehow you can't get them anywhere else. And somehow, when I went up to Toronto and I saw it on a board, I was like, what? Oh, they're all over. You guys stole, like, one of our foods. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's the Philly cheesesteak. We should have called it the Jersey Panzerati. Uh-huh. Or the Jersey Rotti. Yeah. Too late. Oh, well. Love your city, though. Yeah. Well, we, you guys got uh, basketball. Yeah, true. <laughs> and, uh, and football, too. Yeah. Real football. No, but what, yeah. I, what I mean is a Canadian invented basketball, but... Uh, what? Yeah. For realsies? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> the fries and gravy thing is pretty impressive, too, though. Yeah. <laughs> so. Fair trade. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I won't take any more of your time, but uh, thanks so much for coming on. Cool. And we're looking for, hopefully, 
a renewal soon and lots more Warehouse 13 action next year. Yeah, man. Awesome. Say to Paul for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. All right. Later, Grant. I really appreciate Ian taking the time to be with us today, and particularly because it's great to talk to showrunners, and we hear a lot about their interviews online and different blogs and websites, but you don't as often hear from writers who are, say, at the beginning part of the process. And so particularly for those of us who are trying to break in to TV writing, it's nice to hear things like his advice about uh, maybe it might be a wiser choice to, to be a script coordinator to break in. Uh, rather than what everybody seems to go for, which is a writer's assistant. So really, really appreciate that interview, and I, and I hope that you did too. I want to remind you that this is a video podcast. You can watch it at tvwriterpodcast.com. You can watch it at tvwriterpodcast.blip.tv. You can watch it at scriptmag.com, at the Script Magazine website, and also on iTunes. All of those are video formats, and you can get the video link for iTunes on the tvwriterpodcast.com website. And there's a number of other features there, um, like the Twitter database, like a request page. You can hear more about all the features if you go back and watch episode one of this podcast. There is an audio version of the podcast available on the Script Magazine website and also through the Script Magazine iTunes account. So if you're driving and you want to be safe, that's a great way to do it. So what's coming up in our next podcast? We're going to talk to Eureka showrunner Jamie Paglia. And then after that, to Neil Grayston, who plays Douglas Fargo on Eureka. Both of them are very fun guys. I'm sure you're going to like those interviews. Until then, I want to remind you that you can follow me on Twitter. At Gray Jones is my Twitter handle. As well, make sure you check out everything that tvwriterpodcast.com has to offer. You can send email to mail at tvwriterpodcast.com. I would love to hear your thoughts and I would love to hear your suggestions on what we can do better or who we can interview. Until next time, I want to wish you a very happy writing week. Bye-bye. Hosted by Gray Jones, the TV Writer Podcast is brought to you by Script Magazine and scriptmag.com, the leading source for script writing information in print and on the web. And by Final Draft Script Writing Software, the entertainment industry standard for script writing worldwide. Uh-huh.